Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I've been a corporate flight attendant for over five years, and I tell you the brutal, honest truth of this industry. This is episode 17. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Check out Free Spirit Podcast, that's with an S, dot com. You can support this podcast and purchase my digital products and services made specifically for being a corporate flight attendant. And as you all know, I have my corporate flight attendant book, which you can now buy on the website. I do not repeat information between the book and this podcast. All brand new information is in my book. Another great product is my corporate flight attendant lists bundle. I'm saying L-I-S-T-S, in which you will receive my catering order template to email your orders and lists such as catering go-tos, prep, deplane, and the sought-after packing list. So check it all out at freespiritpodcast.com. A quick announcement for those of you who also listen to my first podcast, Two Enlightened Bitches, I am taking that off May 1st, 2021 to make room for my new forthcoming podcast. And also please check out my other podcast named Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. I combine the metaphysical with the practical. Today's topic is demo flying. Okay, what is demo flying? I'm saying demo as in demonstration, so D-E-M-O. Just the name sounds pretty cool, right? You say, hey, I'm demo flying. That sounds pretty cool. And when you enter the industry, you will hear the name and think it sounds like a dream job. And quite frankly, it may be for some of you, but you have to know what you're getting into before taking a full-time position demo flying. Demo flying means when a person wants to buy an aircraft, they are allowed to take what's called a demo flight on the aircraft, which is arranged by the aircraft company. For example, if I'm rich AF and I want to buy a Gulfstream 650 or a G650, I can take a demo flight from an airport in the New York area to the destination of my choice to test out the aircraft. This way I get to see the plane, how it flies, how it sounds, ask the pilots and FAs questions. I'm sorry, FAs, I mean flight attendants. We also call corporate flight attendants FAs in the business, just so you know. And ask the accompanying salesperson questions. So during that flight, it will obviously be you, the crew, meaning two pilots, you, the corporate flight attendant. And then there is also a salesperson on every flight in the back with the passenger. So basically, if I am the passenger, the potential buyer, I'm deciding if this aircraft is right for me. Now, here's the deal. Us poor people can't just request a demo flight, right? Like, I want to call them up and say, hey, this sounds awesome. I want to fly tomorrow from, you know, Teterboro to Spain. That sounds pretty fun. Have a fun weekend in Ibiza. These potential aircraft buyers have to show financials. They have to prove 
that they have the money to buy this plane. And they have to negotiate with the aircraft company of where they want to go for that demo flight. For example, if you're a rich person who wants to buy a private jet to fly from San Francisco to Hawaii and back every week, then you could negotiate a demo flight from San Francisco to Hawaii. In fact, that's one of the demo trips I did. I flew a tech billionaire who lived in Hawaii with his family and commuted to San Francisco four days a week. So he wanted a jet to take him back and forth. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah, that's how the other half live. (laughs) When these rich people have their demo flights, they've chartered or rented private jets before. They've flown on their friends' private jets, etc. They're not newbies to the private jet lifestyle. From what I've seen, they ask the right questions. They know what they're looking for. Therefore, you should know the aircraft's ins and outs and specs. What happens is they will give you catalogs and information, and the company will, the aircraft company, and you will have to memorize the details in case the passenger asks you. Now, it's not really, you don't really have to memorize details of certain things a pilots would answer, but yeah, you might want to answer some details about the galley, meaning the kitchen of the plane or the cabin, or, you know, you really need to know how many beds can be made, that type of thing. So in the U.S., the major private jet companies you could demo fly for are Gulfstream, Dassault, Bombardier, Embraer, and possibly Boeing for their business jets. They look for experienced corporate flight attendants for full-time positions and good news, contract positions, you should live in the area of the company's main hub. For instance, if you live in Savannah, Georgia, that's where Gulfstream is located. So you could apply for a job at Gulfstream or if you live in the Savannah, Georgia area. I have a friend who's the main contractor for one of these companies and loves her job, but it's not for everyone and here's why. You will pretty much fly nonstop and your off days, I am using air quotes right now, you can't see me, are usually office days. One of these companies, I won't say who, engages in what I call, let's just say questionable scheduling. (laughs) I actually interviewed for a full-time position for this company and was able to look at their schedule. They flew their corporate flight attendant 26 days a month, meaning she was on the road flying nonstop for 26 days a month, and her three days of not flying were office days where she had to be in the office to organize stock, restock the planes, and shop for the planes. Uh, yeah. And they can't keep a full-timer. But if you're someone who wants to see the world fast and wants to get all the travel visas, such as China, Russia, and Brazil, and these travel visas are highly coveted, they last 10 years usually. You cannot get them on your own. You have to go through a company. They're special travel business visas. You want to put in two years of having no life whatsoever 
this job is for you. You do a great job, get a ton of experience, amazing references, and you move on to something better. And by the way, the pay is usually low unless you can negotiate something better. My contractor friend who demo flies is exhausted all the time, but I have to say she's seen the world 10 times over by the age of 28. She loves it. She has a lot of fun. She has a great personality for the job. She makes great money as a contractor because she gets paid a daily rate. And when you think about her life, right, she's constantly on the road. So she's not spending much of her own money. So she's probably saving a ton of money to buy a house or a condo or something like that. And keep in mind, she is young and single. She has the energy, the love of travel, and her parents take care of her dog. Basically, she has the perfect setup to do this job. And she's also a contractor, so she can refuse trips. My experience as a contractor for demo flying was okay. It made me realize it was something I didn't want to do. I had a strange experience, to be honest. There was supposed to be a salesperson on every trip who engages with the potential buyer or that passenger. My first trip ever, the salesperson didn't show up. So I had to be the salesperson and the flight attendant. I was barely given advance warning and did the best I could. And I have to tell you guys that this passenger or a potential buyer, he asked a good amount of questions and I had to be prepared and I had to know a lot of his answers and luckily I did, but having no advance warning, it's good because my mind is able to absorb information quickly. I can't tell you what I said today because I can't remember, you know, I'm one of those people that... If I have a test, I study for it, I absorb all the information, it's a mind dump, and then I don't remember a thing a minute after I take the test. So if you have that mind, that helps. Overall, I found the experience tiring because let's say your trip has a drop-off at LAX, right? That's great. So if you have a drop-off, you have an hour to you know get the plane ready, maybe just take a minute to yourself, relax, check your phone, do whatever, the company would line up another potential buyer on your layover. So now the hour that you could be relaxing turns into showing another potential buyer the aircraft. Yeah, it kind of sucks, right? So it's fine, let's say, if you've, if you've come from, I don't know, somewhere close to LAX, right? And it's maybe only a two-hour flight, so it's not that bad. And then you have another hour tacked on with this potential buyer. That's not terrible, but imagine if you've come off of an eight-hour flight and now we're on hour 14 of your day. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. And what I mean by taking a look at the plane is the potential buyer. Sometimes what they do is they don't do their demo flight yet, but they just wanna see the aircraft. They jump on the aircraft during a layover. They don't fly anywhere. It's on the ground, but they see the inside of the plane. So that happens too. So then let's say, okay, that happened and you finally get to the hotel after a 16 hour day, you're exhausted, right? And you're gonna have a day off, so that's pretty nice. But then 
the company books another potential buyer who is now interested in Austin, Texas. So your one day off of rest turns into a work day. That's why I wasn't a fan of demo flying, was it is constant work. It's, it's not a lot of rest. And a lot of the times when you think you're going to get a rest or a day off, it turns into another work day. And I found that frustrating. I wasn't happy with that, but that's me. You know, that's me. To me, at the time, I was 40 years old doing this job and I'm in good shape. I look young for my age. I'm, I'm fine in that regard, but it still takes a toll on the body, especially the fatigue aspect. But if you're young and you have the energy and you're adventurous, it could be the perfect job. As you can see, demo flying isn't for everyone, but it's a great way to get your foot in the door to get all the international experience, the sought after visas, China, Russia, Brazil, and recommendations. And if you're young and have the energy, this could be the really the right opportunity for you and for my friend who I think now she's been demo flying nonstop for, she has to be on her second or third year at this point. And she's hired all the time, but I will tell you she's very smart because she has an excellent reputation in the business. Everyone loves her. The pilots love her. I guarantee you when she says, you know what, I'm done with this, she's going to have job offers left and right. And she had told me that she wants to possibly transition into aircraft sales. You can make, uh, you can potentially make a really good salary. So, you know, that's a perfect way to segue into aircraft sales, right? Because she's basically done the job of a salesman for two, three years. Everyone at that company knows her. Everyone likes her. The passengers are happy with her. The pilots are happy with her. So she may want to say, you know what? I've flown my ass off for the past whatever, five, 10 years. Now I've hit 30 and now I just want to be in a desk job or be a salesman part-time or whatever. So it's really a good stepping stone into other parts of corporate aviation because we, of course, as hello, this podcast is about being a corporate flight attendant. But if you fall in love with corporate aviation and you say, you know what, I'm happy with my life, but man, when I am married and have kids, I don't want to continue being a corporate flight attendant, which let me tell you, it happens all the time. But you can also think about, you know, getting to know the business, especially through demo flying. You can move into aircraft sales. You could move into dispatch. You could move into other areas of corporate aviation. So why not set yourself up? Until the next episode, which I plan to drop on May 7th, happy flying.